Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, today, Lord God, you, you are speaking to us again because you are our Father and you are our God. And it's your plan that you have for us, Lord God, to bring us into a space where we understand you better, where our lives are becoming transformed into the image of Christ. We thank you, Lord, even as you speak to us through your word today. We pray that you you sharpen our hearing, that our hearts will be able to absorb everything and every truth that you unfold in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, for those who know me, I'm a very shy person when it comes to personal stuff. So we'll talk after, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, want, to be, I don't want to be exposed here. Uh, yeah, yeah, but amen. Yeah, you can see I'm blessed, so I've run out of words. Uh, today we are starting our new series, which is Lord Teach Us to Pray. Uh, this is derived from the disciples coming to Christ after a journey of walking with Him, after they've been doing life together. They started coming and saying, uh, Lord, help us. Teach us how do we pray. We have seen people doing prayers. We have seen rituals. We are religious. We 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 have seen John teaching his his uh, his disciples how to pray, but we don't think we know how to pray. And we we are tired of you shocking us and surprising us every time. So we are looking at the what what others are calling the Lord's Prayer. Others are calling the principles of prayer, but we are focusing mainly in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Uh, but I just want us, before we, we get into the main text for today, just to read Matthew, chapter 6, verse 5. Because I think it, it starts with clarifying some confusion. And, and this scripture, I know it has created a lot of stumbling block in the body of Christ. Some people have a huge debate around Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. But I would like to start there before we get into verse 9, uh, uh, which is our, our text for the day. And it reads as follows. When, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Just want to pause there. This scripture created a problem for me. <laughs> As a young man growing up, uh, coming into the kingdom, uh, I was told that you can't pray corporately because God forbids people who pray in public. Prayer must be a private thing. But it was always quoted out of context. And before we get into our series of, on prayer, I just want to clarify the context of this scripture. When Jesus spoke about the hypocrites or telling disciples not to be like hypocrites, he was talking about people who are inconsistent in their prayer life. He was saying there are people who, who, are, who are spotlight mongers, who enjoy doing things for the gratification of others, for the acknowledgement, for the applause. He's saying you must be consistent when you pray. 
it is not so much about what you do in public, it is more about what you do in private. If you are to pray, you must intensify your prayer time in the absence of people. If you are to pray, what we see in, on the streets or in the synagogue should not be for you to get an endorsement, but it should be because it's your culture, you are doing something that you have already been endorsed by God in private. So he's saying, you don't be like hypocrites, don't be like inconsistent people who, who live double life, who, de- who live a multiple character lifestyles, where in private there are something else, they are swearing, they are not praying, they are stressing, they are driven by anxiety. The only thing they have in their mind when they wake up is, oh, what am I going to do? They are always complaining, they are not looking at anything that deepens their relationship with God. So he's saying, private time or sacred time must be a priority. The time where there is no one watching, the time where there are no people around, that's the time that you need to prioritize. Sometimes when we meet on a Sunday, we don't have enough time to pray. Sometimes when we meet even during prayer, we don't have enough time to pray. But we have have seven days a week where we can pray and spend time with God, spend time exposing our heart to God, spend time reading and cleaning from Him. So this was what Jesus was saying. He's saying, because their reward is to be endorsed, because their reward is for people to think and see that, hey, this one, oh, when this one prays, you, when this one prays. I remember the, 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 there was a guy when we were still younger in the Lord. When we pray, while we were all praying, he will be, he will be quiet a bit when it's time for, for corporate prayer. We are thanking God. When every voice is like going down, then he will start. Father, I thank you. I thank you, mighty God. <laughs> and, and then yeah, we'll continue until such time where one discovered this guy. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And then one day when he was doing his thing, we're like, shh. <laughs> we are finishing. <laughs> I remember also another one, we were sharing the room, so every morning at 4 a.m. you will wake up and then you will shout on top of the roof, Father, I thank you this morning. And then you will want everyone to wake up and pray with him. And then the following day I called you in a meeting and said, look, let's talk about this. Please, if you want to pray loud, please go out to the streets and pray loud while we are sleeping because when we have our own quiet time, will not wake you, will not trouble you. And I was like an unbeliever to this guy. But I am vindicated by this scripture. (laughs) That Jesus was actually provoking this guy to say, my friend, be be consistent. If if your prayer is to God, secure time, honor time where there are no people to endorse you. There are things which are good. It's, it's good sometimes to shout. I love it. As an African, it's part of our DNA time. Just to shout around and say, it's, 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 it's beautiful. But it's not the thing. The thing is when there is no one watching, when you are alone in your own space, do you spend time with God? Do you give God the attention that He desires from you? Do you allow God to speak into you? Do you, do you have that communication with him in prayer? So that's what Jesus was addressing 
So I want to clarify that so that when we talk about prayer, we will not have that question mark hanging. Is it okay to pray corporately? Is it okay uh, when we are doing an outreach to, to pray uh, uh, for people on the streets when we are ministering? No, yes, it's okay. As long as it comes from a field bank, it comes from a reservoir that is filled with prayer, and it's a lifestyle that we carry along in our lives. Amen. Let's get into our text. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But we are just going to focus on verse 9, which speaks about our Father located in heaven, hallowed be your name. We just want to talk about adoration, uh, the subject of adoration. What does it mean to honor God and to adore God? Um, but before we move on, there are a few pointers that I've, 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 I've put there. That one, it is essential for us to understand that God is our Father. And when, when, if God is our Father, then our relationship with Him should be different. I know that uh, I've, I've also struggled to relate to, to God as a Father because of the historical experience of earthly fathers. But this is the ideal Father. I know that some of us, whenever we talk about God being the Father, I've heard some people saying, why do we have to put he to God? Why don't we say uh, she, he? Or why do we have to put gender? But we see God declaring himself as a father. And, and, and he's, not, he's not our boss. He's not the one who gives us uh, assignments or who expects us to be all truly performing. But he's a father. Our, 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 our relationship with him is based on love. It is based, or it, it, we, are, we are DNA people with him. We are same blood, we are same breath with him. But again, that means our life and our journey and our walk of faith should be transformed and be, and be shifted by that understanding of knowing that he is the father. So in other words, we, we need to know that he doesn't just expect from us. But he, he expects us to expect from him because he's our father. He knows that it is his, it is his business to provide for us. He understands that it is his business to, to protect us. He understands that it is his business to love us. He understands that it is his business to make sure that we are healthy, we are safe. So he is, he is all things that we need in life. So when he says he is our father, he is actually saying, you don't have to impress me. I am there. Whether you mess up, I am there. Whether you are doing well, I am there. Whether I'm happy with you or not, I am stuck with you. <laughs> you, you, you can't change tomorrow and say, I resign from being your son. Huh? I, I have had my, my son threatening me several times. 
I've been threatened several times. Every time when he wants something and he doesn't get it, and he feels like, no, but, but that, that, that craving is so high, and I can see, okay, the craving is talking, and I will silence the craving, and we're like, mm, mm, you are a terrible father, you are a terrible father. I am going to find my new father in Jobek. <laughs> so, so if you are from Jobek, feel free. You have a son. <laughs> but, but no matter how upset he is, he has no other option. He is stuck with me. I am the father. And that's the relationship that God wants us to have with him. To know that whether we feel our prayers are answered or not, whether we feel uh, God should have intervened here, if we feel he has not intervened, he remains our father. So our relationship is not contractual. We can't be fired. <laughs> he can't wake up, we can't wake up and hear God saying, from today onwards, from Lani, you are fired from being a son. No, you, we are his children, and, and we have a perfect heavenly parent in him. He is the parent without fault. He is the parent who doesn't struggle to provide. He is the parent who doesn't struggle to protect. He is the parent who understands our feelings and our frustrations. Sometimes as parents, we struggle to understand our children's frustrations. Sometimes their frustrations frustrate us. Waking up in the morning frustrated by your children's frustrations. And really, really feeling like this frustration of these people are frustrating me. I will frustrate them because they are frustrating me. <laughs> but God is not like that. He is not frustrated by our frustrations. But also, if we relate to God as anything but our Father, we will, will, will behave like employees. We will behave like hirelings. We will behave like, like, like performers and artists. If our relationship is not intimate, if our relationship is not secured, we will we, we'll, we'll do life based on performance. We'll be driven by KPIs. <laughs> we'll be looking for key performance indicators everywhere. Are we impressing? Are we there? But God is, God is, when, when we talk about God being our Father, when, when Jesus teaches us to address God as our Father, He's saying we must know that there is security in him. We must know that there is no price that is expected from us to pay. But another beautiful thing is that he is not just a father, but it makes us to be brothers, to be co-heirs with Christ. He is actually saying, if he is my father, and when you pray to him, you are not saying, Father of Jesus, but we are saying our father, which means we are the same family. So if the Bible says Christ is the firstborn to us who are believers, so when we pray to our father, we are addressing our father with our big brother, Jesus Christ. So when we speak to him, we have all the authority because we belong here. We, we, are, not, we are not visitors. We are not here for, for, for a temporal stay. We are here permanently. We, he may be located in a different place, but he's our father. And, and because I, 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 I am not a, an English scholar, I had to look for some words. Uh, this hallowed, because in Isizulu, it says as if 
we must purify your name or we must make it uh, we must cleanse it in a way but when i look for the real meaning of what it means it doesn't mean what i've always understood uh, in in latin hallowed it means hakiazo which means to make holy to dedicate to honor to treat as ultimate so when we say hallowed be your name we are saying may your name be ultimate in our lives May your name be absolute in our lives. May your name be epic in our lives. And, and then when we talk about adoration, we are talking about an act where we regard something, where we esteem something as the most important, as the most absolute, where we love and respect, where we, 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 we reverence something. So when we talk about reverencing something, we're talking about loving it and fearing it at the same time. <laughs> so... I don't do wrong because I I respect the platform. I fear the embarrassment. (laughs) So it's not the fear of running away. It's the fear of commitment to say, I fear God because I am committed to his agenda. So when you say we adore him, we are devoted to him. So when when, when you say, hallowed be your name, in other words, we say, may your name be adored. May your name, which is so adorable, be adored in my life. May it be adored in my surroundings. May people adore your name through my life. So, it, it is a declaration and a petition at the same time. But I li- like how U- 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 Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson put it. Uti, a person will worship something. We have no doubt about that. We may think our tribute is paid in respect in the dark recesses of our hearts. But it will come out. That which dominates our imaginations and our thoughts will determine our lives and our character. Therefore, it behooves us to be careful what we worship. For what we are worshiping, we are becoming. So, this guy is actually saying, what is ultimate in our lives is what will, will, will hold the agenda and the radar for our direction. What is more important in our lives is what will control what we do. What, what I spend my time on, what I spend my time focusing on, will determine the results that I will get. And, and, and even in our prayer, what do I spend my time praying about? I felt convicted several times when I was preparing this message. Uh, there was a time when I was like, God, do we really, really have to minister this? Uh, can't we just uh, talk about the goodness of God, God is good. Because I really felt God was, was saying to me, you must be consistent. What are you spending your time praying about? Do you spend your time speaking and praying and allowing me to nurture the relationship? Or do you see me as an ATM? Do you see me as a grocery store? Do you see me as a supply uh, office where everything that you need will be met? Are you driven by needs or are you driven by relationship? And it was a painful discovery for me to look into my life and do an introspection. How much do I commit to a prayer of adoration? And how much do I commit to a prayer of, Lord, please, may you please come through. Would you please provide? Would you please protect? Would you... How, how much time do I spend 
in just thinking and, and looking at the beauty of God, looking at the faithfulness of God, looking at how awesome and how special and how honorable God is. And, 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 and reading this quote, it actually provoked me to say, what is it that people are enjoying from my life? What is it that people are seeing from my life? Is it what I, I, I want to see or is it what I've been investing in? Because we, we, we can't produce what we are not investing. We can't, we can't expect an apple to, to be sweet when the tree is not sweet. If the tree is defiled, the fruit will be defiled. If the tree is not, is not, is, is not nurtured correctly, the, the fruit of the tree will produce something which is not balanced. So, so God is expecting us to be able to, to come to that space where we are balanced. And the biggest question in our hearts, in our minds, and in my mind was, why then do we have to adore? Because this seems to be, a, this seems like more complicated than I thought. I thought adoring was like, Jesus, I love you, just a lip service. But the question is, do I really love him? <laughs> when he says, if you love me, take your cross and follow me, would I do that? And what does it mean to take his cross and follow him? And for me, that was like, mm. yeah, I love you. I love you. I love you. You are adorable. You have provided for me. You have covered me from childhood. You have protected me. You are an awesome God. And he reminded me of the words that he asked Peter one day. After Peter had, 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 had denied him three times, he comes back again. He's saying, Peter, do you love me? The guy saying, yes, Lord, I love you. He's saying again, do you love me? Say, Lord, you, you know everything. Why don't you just tell me? <laughs> you know I love you. And then he gives him a command. He says, love my sheep. If you love me, take care of my sheep. If you love me, honor my will. So, God was actually saying love is, a, is an action word. Yes, we love him. He's our father. We, we sing about him. Sometimes, we... we, we there are songs that, that makes us to lift our hands. It's so easy to lift our hands. I love you, Jesus. Others, when they say that, they have other fantasies. But it's good. It's okay. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. But, but when God is talking about love, He's not just talking about the emotion that we experience. He's, he's actually saying, <laughs> are you ready to make a decision of standing by your conviction and your commitment because I am ready to stand by you. He says in his word, he stands by us until we enter the grave. So that's how much he loves us. That no matter how much we have messed up, he gives you another chance. He keeps calling. He says, come to me all who are heavily burdened. I will give you rest. That's the invitation. But the question when he's saying, do we love him? Do we receive the invitation? Are we willing to allow the invitation to work in our lives? And, and UCS Lewis puts it very well. Uti adoration is what, is doing what comes naturally. So, what I adore will fill my mouth. <laughs> if you want to know what is ultimate and what is important in a person's life, listen to what they talk about all the time. 
And for those who normally engage with me, already you can, you can freely charge me. <laughs> if, if you engage with me, if you, if you meet me in prayer, if you meet me anywhere, you know what, what matters mainly in my life. When I speak, I speak about national issues. When I pray, I pray about national issues. When we talk, even if it's a general issue, we are talking about the weather, we'll end up in the weather discussion. There will be national politics and stuff like that. And, and the question that I had for myself is, is that more ultimate than God? Will you still honor God even if the things that you believe you, God to do in your nation are not done? Will you still be God? For some people, it's careers. Will God still be God when your career is not going well? When your business is not going well? For some people, it's family. Will God still be God when things in your family go? Will he still be God? Will you still say, I love you? So this guy is saying, adoration is doing what comes naturally. There is no effort. You don't have to try and do something. It's there. Uti, I have never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. I, 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 I'm not a very good soccer fan, but I do support Kaiser Chiefs. So, eh? I do not support Pirates and Six Nil. <laughs> but these days they are doing very well. Yeah, they are not losing much. So, if you've been losing six nil and you are losing less, you are doing very well. It's improvement. <laughs> so, but he's saying, I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflowed into praise. So, if you enjoy something, you start talking about it. You start, you start chanting around it. If, if you enjoy something, uh, the beauty of my wife, I don't, have to, I, don't, I don't have to worry about identifying the beauty in her. If I look into her face, no. <laughs> Something spontaneous just come out. I would end up giving all these names. No, don't worry, I'll keep them for this space. I'll keep them sacred. <laughs> but you, you, when you see someone that you love, that you cherish, you start giving them those nicknames, those special names that tickle the heart. You... You, you don't have, you don't put an effort. It just comes out spontaneously. Eh? It's like when Tinsualo meets Beverly, she doesn't say, Beverly! <laughs> it's spontaneous. That's how, that's how she, she portrays her affection for her. So, that's what God wants. And that's what praise is. It's when, without any effort, without any struggle, the goodness that we have towards God just comes out running. Without any effort, without anyone saying, can we lift our hands? Your hands just run up to the air. Without anyone saying anything, you just dance yourself crazy before him because there is something spontaneously activated within you. When you pray, you, you say words that you have never imagined or planned to say because they come from deep within. It's an excitement. There, there is something that is stirred up from within you. And he says, the world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses, readers praising their favorite poet, workers praising their countryside, players praising their favorite game, yeah? politicians praising their favorite uh, politician. <laughs> so, life is about praise. For some of us who had the privilege of, of being around royalty, when, when a chief 
uh, comes in, there is, there is no effort. You see, when, when the king of the Zulus enters a, a, a room, there is no effort. Everyone just lifts their hands. When I went it's simple, it's spontaneous. There is no effort. There, there is no strength. Hey, what, what should we say? Everyone just, it just comes out naturally because there is that thing of adoring that royalty is in our midst. How much more? The king of kings. How much more? The lord of lords. How much more? The creator of the whole universe. How much more? The one who gave us an, an opportunity to have grace in our lives. How much more? The one who has given us life abundantly. How much more? The one who has given us an opportunity to be different and unique. So, God is expecting that spontaneity and, and praise will spring out from our hearts in various things and in various, in various, I nearly said departments, in various aspects and phases of our life. But again, why do we adore? We adore because one, we are created to worship God. We are created to esteem Him and to love Him. When He created human beings in Genesis chapter 1, He says, let us make men in our own image to resemble us. To, and, and in resembling him, we are filling the earth. We are subduing it. We are conquering. So whatever action that we do, it is because we are created for good works. We are created to be unique. We are created to shine and to expose his glory. So when, when we adore him, we adore him because he, he has created us to adore him. He has created us to reflect his glory. So if, if the Bible says Christ is the image of the invisible God, so, Tina, we are the product of the invisible God. So the world will know who God is through our lives. So we are created to praise Him. And then again, the second thing, why it's important that we adore, is that we need to defeat idolatry. <laughs> Where we have other things that matter more than God. The two commandments that deal with idolatry, the first one is the one that says, worship if you look into, into the book of Exodus chapter 20, it says, do not have any other God except me. So God is very, is very sensitive around who gets our worship, who gets our praise, who gets our honor. But also, we see God specifying that he must be first above all things. He must be first above all things. And because of the fall, we continually and naturally make good things, ultimate things. We praise our houses, we praise our cars, we praise our wives, we praise our beautiful, adorable children, which are, who are very naughty at times. We praise our paychecks. Eh? We praise our bank accounts. How many of us struggle even to pray when the bank account is, is, is a minus something, something? Eh? How many of us are smiling when you know that you don't have money for groceries, how many of us would smile and invite people to come and visit us in your house? Come visit us in our house when you know that you, you have nothing to serve them. How much time do we spend wondering how we look like? And we, we, some people, they will end up not going to church because I can't wear this. I was wearing it the previous week and I don't have any other thing to wear. What is so ultimate in your life? I know I'm, I'm making it a bit, a bit, uh, uh, no, why extreme? I wanted a, another good word. Why? Extreme is a bad word, but it's fine. 
I will take extreme. <laughs> so I'm just making it, I'm just exaggerating it a bit. But the truth is, it, it, is, it is the nature of sin that makes us focus on other things that are not essentials, as essentials. If, if you read verse 30 of the same chapter, you hear Jesus saying, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added. The fallen nature says, Seek first all other things. It will be easy to worship God. The fallen nature says, if, 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 if you don't seek these other things, how are you going to serve God? How are you going to give a tithe and offering? How are you going to, to, to even come to church? So seek these things, then when you have them, then bring them to God. No, it's, 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 it's the other way around. We seek God first. We, we honor God first. We value God first. And the issue, the question of adoration is, would you stay in a place where God is not honored because you are benefiting? Or would you walk away because the honor of God is not allowed there? Would you stay in a, in, in a relationship where God is being insulted and there is no space for honoring God because you are benefiting? Or will you leave? That's a question that I have even for myself. So when we say, hallowed be your name, we are saying we are making God the ultimate concern of our lives. Have you noticed that whatever that is your concern, whenever stuff that is more important to you is affected, you pray more. <laughs> Maybe it happens to me only. I, 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 let me tell you, I don't mind how many times I pray when the things that I, I, I really believe they matter are affected. When my kids are not well, I will kurabashanda in the morning, I will kurabashanda in the car, I will kurabashanda uh, wherever, because they matter. If, if finances are going the other direction, I will be like, Father, come on, Lord, you say silver and gold is yours. How many of us are like that? <laughs> you own a cattle in a thousand hills. If our country is upside down and you can see, okay, we are hitting, we are hitting, we are hitting a, a, a state of no return now. Say, Father, our nation, Lord, like you rescued Israel, rescue our nation. But how much time do we spend when there is nothing wrong, when everything is fine? Do we spend time just to honor God for who he is? There is a temptation that sometimes we end up elevating affliction. Because we feel like affliction brings us closer to God. I don't want to be that Christian who only honors God because of affliction. I want to honor God in the absence of affliction. <laughs> I want to love God and enjoy God in the, absence, in the absence of strain and pain. In the absence of pressure. I know when, when I'm under pressure, it's easy to worship. It is easy to even cry. Eh? Do you cry and, and say, Lord, I love you? Mm, I love you. When everything is fine. Come on, guys. I can ask your neighbor. We, no, I, I know it from me. When things are tough, I don't care who is standing next to me. I lift my hands and I cry, Lord, I thank you. You are awesome. <laughs> but do I do that when everything is fine? Why, why is it so easy when everything is fine that I'm concerned about what my neighbor will say about me? 
Why is it so easy when everything, when, when, when there is a problem, you don't care whether you are in a mall, when that child is choked, you pray in the name of Jesus. But when you are in a mall and the spirit is saying, just praise me, you're like, hey, what are the people going to say here? <laughs> no, it, it happens. It's, it's our natural design. We are people who love something that, 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 that will, will be a good show. And then we, we don't honor sacredness. Okay. But again, this is not a request to make God's name holy, but is that we will be able to reflect His holiness. So it's a, Jesus is actually saying, when you pray, ask that I will empower you to be able to glorify my name. So a life of adoration is not a Sunday encounter. It's a daily, it's a journey, it's a daily thing. Where in, in our conduct is my conduct honoring God. Is how I treat people adoring God. So it's not just a, a, a worship where we stand and say, we, we stand in awe of you, but how I do life, will people see the beauty of God in me? How I relate with people, will it reflect who God is? And how I do my prayer, Will it reflect who God is? I know for some of us we are taught that if you are going to pray, the first part in the guidance of prayer is that you must start by adoring God. As if adoring, adoring God or adoration or worship is a gateway to open the doors so that you will get what you want. That's, that's, that's a consumerist approach. That's not a kingdom approach. The kingdom approach is that we are honoring Him whether we will get or not. We are honoring him in a Daniel approach to say, whether you remove, whether you quench the fire or not, we will, we will not bow to any other God except you. Whether, whether we are, we are rescued, we are spared or not spared, we will honor you. Whether what we want comes or not, we will honor you. Whether I get what I want or not, I will honor you. Have you ever been troubled by a teenager or a, a, a toddler in a, in a shopping, in a, in a store where they want Especially when they when 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 they've just started talking, and they can run around, where they'll just grab sweets, and you already in in, in your pocket you've got twenty rands for bread only, and they will hold on to that sweet, they will start screaming and kicking, and you say to them, look, you can't have it. When 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 you put that down, they will be looking for another thing. They will be complaining. They will be mourning. Sometimes we behave like that. Sometimes we come to God, with, we, we can't even appreciate that He gave us an opportunity to accompany Him to the shop. <laughs> we, we complain about what we did not get in the shop, but the privilege of walking alongside Him to the shop. How many things... Sometimes when, when we feel, when we wanted God to heal us and we feel like the sickness is still in our body, we complain. We don't want to thank Him as God. That you are God, you are faithful, even though the, the sickness is not gone, but you are still God. There is a lady from Guamashu. I, I love that lady. She, she said something that blew my mind. She said she was one of the people who were firstly diagnosed with HIV. Uh, she's an HIV activist. She said, when, when I discovered that I've got the virus and they told me that it's not curable, I had a meeting with God. I said, God, give me strength because I want to meet the demon after I spoke to you. And then she said, God, please empower me 
I need strength to endure this. And then she said, after that, she invited HIV. <laughs> said, HIV, sit down, I want to talk to you. Said, listen, because you are not going anywhere, so they told me, it's okay, I, I will allow you to stay. But my terms, not your terms. I will dictate, I will, I will, I will fast, I will praise God, I will, you will do whatever that I say do in my body. You will not tell me what to do. So this lady has been HIV positive for, for more than 22 years, and she's still fine. But what, what, what amazed me was that she was able to honor God and still serve God and worship God, even though she was not healed, while other people were healed from HIV in a, before her. And when she, say, she shares the testimony, she says, I know a number of people that were laid hands upon, they were cured immediately from HIV, but mine was there. And I, I made peace that I will honor God with this virus, and this virus will be subjected to my authority. So that's, that's a mindset that blew my mind. It's a mindset of adoring God, whether things are not removed. For some of us, there are seasons that God is not going to move yet. There are seasons that are not going to run away. But God still wants you to adore him in the midst of those seasons. Remember what happens to Paul when he has a thorn in the flesh. says he pleaded with God. Sometimes we love pleading with God. And especially for some of us who are unionized, uh, we know that uh, in, in labor terms, you, you start by negotiating and then if negotiation doesn't happen, you go for arbitration. Eh? If it doesn't happen, then you go for industrial action. You can't do that with God. <laughs> he controls everything. He controls the negotiation phase. He controls the arbitration phase. He controls the, 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 the mass demonstration phase. So everywhere, he will still win. He is God. So ours is to know that he is our father. He wants a relationship. And he doesn't want us to look at him in that way. So... As I'm drawing to the close, what is this telling us? It says prayer begins with God and the worship of God. And it ends with God and the worship of God. Whether we get what we want or not, it's all about Him. <laughs> Whether He provides for what we need, it's all about Him. Whether we enjoy what He gives us, it's all about Him. We hear David in Psalms 23 says, you, you restore my soul for your name's sake. So it's all about him, it's not about us. But we end up being beneficiaries of what he does. And, and, and also, it means that we must make God the ultimate in our prayers. Let our prayers be dedicated to God. I love you, mommy. Oh, no, that's sweet. But I want sweet. I will say I love so that I get sweet. Eh? You will say this child is bribing me. Eh? Yeah. This child is manipulative. Some of us, we want to manipulate God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you that you will provide. Uh, eh. oh, <laughs> but again, adoration sharpens our view. It shapes our view of the world. How we look into the world. We start seeing creation and we start seeing the wonders of God. We, we start seeing things in a different way. But again, it puts things to perspective and, and it helps us to frame the rest of our prayers. It, why is it important? It's because if we don't honor God or if we don't hallow anything, 
then our lives will be wrecked. Our lives will be miserable because everything will be miserable. We will only see the negative in our, in our space. And, 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 and again, if you read Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1, it says, You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep his charge, his statute, his ordinances, and his commandments. The key word here is to love God. So when you say, may your name be adored or may your name be hallowed, we are saying, we love you. May your love be ultimate in our lives. May loving you be the supreme thing in our lives. And, 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 and David put it in Psalms 18 verse 1. says, I love you, Lord. I love you, O Lord, my strength. So I love you. And when I am weak, you are my strength. Because when I love you, you recharge me. You are my unique God. And Daniel 6.26 says, I make a decree. Uh, this, was, this was after God had done wonders. And this man is now adoring God. So I make a decree in all the dominion of my kingdom. Men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. And his dominion will be forever. So this guy who was not a believer, who was persecuting people who were believing in the true God, when God had been adored through the lifestyle of Daniel, we see him making a decree, saying, may, may the God of Daniel be worshipped. And then he's declaring that his kingdom is unshakable. This man who was an unbeliever is able to utter such statements because he has witnessed and seen a life of adoration around his, his camp. He has done everything to destroy people, but they, they, they were not hating, they were not angry, they kept on loving. They kept on serving their God. But again, if we talk about that, we are saying, may your name be adored. So what is so important about the name? And I've got few names. Do we know this, this guy? Do we know this guy? What is his name? Huh? This is Tiger Woods. There are, there are four things that are critical about him. One, what do we know about this guy? He's the best golfer, eh? He was. He was, eh? Okay, he was. He, he was famous, eh? For being the best golfer. His value was very high. Also, there is reputation, eh? Scandal. He was up there, and then... When, when he was caught... In a scandal, the sponsors ran away. But he was still, he was still doing very well in the golf. So they were, were they not sponsoring his game? But they were sponsoring what? The name. So when the name got into shambles, it lost value. People ran away. So there is value in the name. Okay? There is another name. <laughs> Do you know this guy? This is Bongan Lamini. So the Laminis are... Uh, <laughs> he is known as Zola 7. Huh? This guy was known for doing good stuff in communities, helping young people. And then again, they pulled out his program on TV because he had issues and, and struggles. So we also see uh, again the name... 
brands running away, sponsors running away because there is a problem with the name. Okay, let's go for the last one. Do you know who is this one? Ah? I can see who is old, who is young. So these are different names. These names, they are big. Even those who have never listened to Madonna, they know Madonna. Eh? And, and all these names, they, they have reputation. What is she known for? Okay. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 says, So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So the four things, when we say may your name be, hallowed be your name. So in other words, we are saying your identity. May people adore your identity, God. What is God's identity that you are portraying to people? Are you portraying a, an identity of a defeated God? Or of a God who is victorious? Are you worshipping a God who is not faithful? Or are you worshipping a God who is faithful? So, the, the identity of God is the God who, who is the creator. Eh? He's the God who, who does not change. He's the God who is the father, who is the faithful father, who is the perfect father. But the character of God, the character of God is a jealous God. He protects what belongs to him. He nurtures what belongs to him. He is the God our righteousness. He is the God our peace. What is his value? His value is that he has given his best. He gave his son for us. His value is that he created the whole universe. He owns everything. He owns my breath. He owns my life. So when I talk about his name being adored, I must understand that I also have the reputation of this person. And his reputation is that he is a God who does not return his word void. When he speaks a word, it comes back with tangible results. When he says you are blessed, he doesn't say it just because he wants you to go home and smile. When he says I bless you, he means it. When he says you are, you are not the tail, you are the head, he means it. When he says you are not beneath, you are in charge, he means it. And, 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 and that's what God wants us to do. That's what God wants us to do. To be people who understand when we worship that we are worshiping a God who, who, has a, who has a great identity. His identity is not like Tiger Woods. His identity cannot crash like Zola 7. His, his reputation is not like Madonna. He is an undefiled God. He is a unique God. He is a faithful God. And Tim Keller says, you will always pray when the thing that is your greatest treasure is at stake. <laughs> you will always pray when the thing that is your greatest treasure is at stake. What is at stake in your life? As we, as, as, as we go through this series of God teaching us how to pray, what is at stake? What do we value the most? If we value God the most, we'll spend more time in Him. If we value his word in our lives will allow him to do that. Uh, my time is all, almost up. Uh, so, when we adore him, we adore him because he's our father. We have covered that it's a relationship. But also, it's our understanding of the gospel. That whatever that we are, we are given by him. 
And, and when, we, when we adore God, we are not putting in a microscope. We are, not, we, are, we, are not, we are not exaggerating when we say, God, you are faithful. Because a microscope, it, it, it shows you something that is small and it makes it big. That's, what we, that's not what we do when we worship God. When we worship God, we are using a telescope. We are actually exposing something that is big, which may be far, but we see it as it is. We see it for, for its actual size. When we say, God, you are faithful, we are not exaggerating. We look into our lives. You start looking into your life. The things that God has allowed you to go through. The things that God has allowed you to, to conquer. And when you start counting them, you are actually saying, Father, I thank you. That even though this was distant, it did not make sense at that time. It, it did not make much value. I did not understand it. But Father, I thank you that you are a faithful God. I thank you for healing my body. I thank you for giving me an, another chance. I thank you for the things that you have done. Not because you, I want you to do more. Even for the things that you have not done. I thank you even for saying no at some point. Because sometimes we, we don't thank God for unanswered prayers. I always want to thank God for the prayers where I asked for things and he said, not yet. And those are the most powerful ones because that's where he comes in as the father and, 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 and he supplies us and he does that. Let me close. How then do we do this? One, you must make a commitment to adore God. Two, you must saturate yourself with God's word. So it's the how part. How do we live this life of adoration? Number three, you must ask God to teach you how to praise him. Because we don't have a uniform way of praising him. We are all unique, we are all different. And God wants us to, to worship him and to praise him and to adore him uniquely. But again, examine your prayer life and language. Your prayers, are your prayers all about I or is it all about you? Because sometimes the biggest struggle is that when we pray, you say, Father, uh, I would like you to do this. How much time do we spend when we say, Father, you are worthy of my praise? Lord, I thank you that you are a good God. Eh? I thank you that your name is great. May your name advance. May your kingdom expand. May your people enjoy you. May you bless other people. How much time do we spend without an eye in our prayers? So that's something that we need to, 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 to examine. But also we need to develop a, a vocab of, of praise. Start learning, putting it in your life, that thing of thanking God. That thing of appreciating even people. The vocabulary of praise is not only to God. When someone has done something good, appreciate Start the culture of appreciating. Appreciate the taxi driver who behaved on the road. Appreciate. <laughs> Turn every truth that you have learned about God into praise. When God brings something new, a new teaching, a new revelation, thank him for that. But also, learn to say you love God more as often. I've been trained to do this, uh, to, to declare my love for those that I love. And my son is very... Is the best in that. Every morning, he will knock in our room and will come and say, Good morning. I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. Every morning. Religiously so. And I, I learn from that young man. <laughs> so that's what God wants us to do. To, to be faithful in that. So as we worship God, as we put him in, in his right place, we become more like him and we, we start to desire what he desire. And I just want us to close as we read Psalms 145, verse 21. Shall we rise? Uh, 
as we close. My time, ish, my time. It says, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless and gratefully praise his holy name forever and ever. And I just want us to take three, four minutes. Just want us to practically thank God, pick up areas in your life, pick up aspects of your life where you just want to, to praise him. And just four minutes. You can move around if you want to, but I just want us to worship him and just thank him and just honor him uh, with our own words, without any music that is pushing us, without any uh, motivation from a song, just with our own voice. Can we do that? Father, we thank you.